Business Sights and Sounds. I'm your host, Alan Kiger, and what you're about to listen to was previously recorded for a radio interview. This is Sights and Sounds. I'm your host, Alan Kiger, and my guest today is Billy Dean. How are you today, Billy? I'm doing good, Alan. Thank you for uh, being so patient and connecting with me. We're getting it done. I appreciate that. Let's let's just go back and let's start from the beginning. And, you know, some of these are going to be questions that you've probably been asked before, but maybe a lot of the listeners don't don't know. Um, who were your musical influences growing up? Well, I first was, you know, my dad, my dad was a World War II veteran, a disabled veteran, and he kind of, uh, you know, turn to music as a way to, uh, I think, deal with a lot of the PTSD. So I had a band for 28 years, uh, all my life growing up, and I was exposed to the people. My dad was singing, you know, songs like Glen Campbell songs, Marty Robbins songs, Dean Martin songs. He was singing all over the map. So when I was a little kid, you know, second grade, third grade, uh, around in that you know, elementary school, I was just, I was singing Hank Williams and, and just hanging out with my dad and the band. And then when I became a teenager and started playing more on my own away from my dad's band, uh, I started, you know, getting into those guys like James Taylor, uh, Dan Fogelberg, some of that pop rock stuff. And then I had my traditional country music influence. And then I, man, when I was became a teenager and Willie and Waylon and John Paul Glacier and them, they did the Outlaw album. I oh, yeah. really turned to country music. It was it was the country music outlaws that you know Merle Haggard, uh, Willie and Waylon, you know those those guys that uh, really uh, spoke to me when I was a teenager. I think I, most people love that kind of music. First of all, I want to tell you, I, I didn't know about your dad, but I want to, you know, appreciate him for, for all his service. There's there's not many of those World War II vets left, and thank God we had them. Yes, thank God. I, I've learned so much. Uh, I, I have about 50 letters from him and his, his brothers, uh, and he lost two of his brothers during that war, so we've been really doing a lot of... Uh, you know, a lot of digging, a lot of research, and, and kind of a preservation project, sort of a family project, has been ongoing. But I've learned so much about uh, about the European campaign through these letters. That's just amazing. When did you have your dream of being a musician? I think it was around the tenth grade. Uh, I remember my algebra teacher. Uh, getting us all ready for like SAT test and, and getting us ready to go visit college you know, when we were about the 10th grade and I was like whoa, 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 wait, put the brakes on <laughs> I, was like, I ain't going I'm not going to college, this is the end of the line for me for school <laughs> you know, when I get out of here I'm going to Nashville I, um, it was usually I started one, I'll tell you right when it hit me I, I had a summer job driving a tractor and we were working about 80 hours a week in the summer. And I think at the end of the week, I was getting, I got paid like 200 bucks or something for like 80 hours of work, hard work, you know, on this farm. And I went and sang one song at a talent contest and got paid 75 bucks for one song. And I, I think I went and computed there. Well, wait a minute. This is my business model right here. And, um, I just entered in contests. There was a lot of local, you know, contests 
music contests uh, going on and, you know, Battle of the Band stuff. And uh, there was a thing called the Wrangler Country Star Search, which was a world, well, it was a, a nationwide star search. And it was going to, the, the finals were going to be held in Nashville on a national TV show with like Jerry Reed and Mel Tillis and all these people were on the show. And uh, I made it up into the top 10, made it to Nashville and, and was in front of uh, judges who were in the music business, such as Frances Preston. was. She was one of the judges. Mary Reeves, who was Jim Reeves's widow. Uh, Jim Reeves, great singer. Uh, and I'd grown up listening to him, and I met Mary Reeves and really became friends with her. So it was, uh, it was uh, through a series of contests and, and just 10th grade, you know, thinking, okay, this is where I need to be doing. I need to start thinking about my future. Uh, it was around the 10th grade. That's pretty awesome. Now, did you have a plan B? Was there something you would have liked to have done had the music not worked out for you? Yeah, yeah I was, uh, believe it or not, I, I was not a very serious person, but I loved, uh, I loved, you know, I loved scuba diving, snorkeling. I loved the springs around North Florida. And I had a great biology teacher, and I thought, uh, well, you know, I'll, I'll go, I'll become a marine biologist or something like that, somewhere where I could be connected to the water, and and because um, I love that so much. And I had a basketball scholarship out of high school, and so I was given a, a, a college scholarship, and I went. I, I went and played a little basketball in Mississippi for a semester, and I was going to give that marine biology a, a shot, you know. And uh, and I I went up to the music. I found myself up at the music room teaching myself how to play a piano instead of studying biology. So I figured that this was uh, Nashville was was in my future. I might as well just go give it a try. <laughs> but I didn't really have a backup plan. I I think in my mind it was uh, if I thought that way that I was just planning for failure. You know, I thought I'm, I, my the, my idea was. I'm going to die trying. I'm, I'm going to give this. I'm going to keep going after this until somebody listens. You know, I was really determined. Well, we're glad you did. Now, what I, what I read from your, from your website, you were really pretty much discovered on Ed, Ed McMahon on Star Search, which was way back, you know, long before, you know, American Idol and Who's Got Talent and all the things that we have today. That's right. That, that's right. Uh, I was in Nashville, and... I was fortunate enough to, I, I did have a publishing, uh, I had a publishing deal. I was writing as, you know, a, a paid songwriter for a company. And uh, the Ed McMahon Star Search came through Nashville. Nobody was giving me a, the time of day as a, you know, as a singer, an artist. I was still really young and they still were not in to the young people in Nashville. And in fact, when I first came to Nashville, they said, you need to go home, live a little bit, you know, and get a few bumps and scars, and then you'll be ready to sing country music when you come back. <laughs> you know, it wasn't like, hey, you know, we want to find them young and, and treat them rough, <laughs> that kind of thing. It was, uh, you know, it was like, hey, you know, you're not seasoned enough. You're not old enough to sing country music. When I first got to town, and of course that quickly changed, you know, um, when, when uh, everything, there was sort of a change of the guard there in the 80s, the early 80s, and I just happened to be there during that time, and the Ed McMahon Star Search, getting on that TV show, I think uh, some of the people that might have been watching me, 
grow in, in Nashville was that, well, now he's got a built-in audience, you know, he just had a million and a half, two million people watch him on TV. And so it wasn't long after that, that the uh, record deal came at, at Capitol Records. And, uh, you know, I got signed there along with Garth Brooks and Susie Boggess and John Barry and uh, Keith Urban and The Ranch was just uh, just getting signed a few years after that. And so, but I watched that whole Garth Brooks thing happen and it was, it, you know, it was right there on our, our label on Capitol Records. So we were the, we were the label with all the, all the goodies, you know, there for a little while. I mean, we had Garth, you know, me and, and Susie and, and Barry. And so it was a good little run. Oh, I love all those, all those names. That was, that was just a great era in country music that you were a part of. Just, just a great era. CMT did so yep. much for you guys. Just probably oh, it really did. did for the rock world. It did. It, it really did. It, it, you know, put a face with a with a name and a song, and so it was recognizable. You know, people recognized you when you walked through the airport, and it just elevated everybody's uh, image. You know, it, it gave us a way to shape our 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 own lane and separate ourselves from some of the other artists. It was a very important tool. Wow. Well, let's listen to one of your hit songs, and it's going to be, I'm going to play one of my favorites because uh, it's my show, so I get to pick, pick the song I want. <laughs> and and I, want to, I want to listen to Only Here for a Little While. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one, man. I just, I had just got back from Arkansas to, uh, to congratulate the guy that wrote Only Here for a Little While, one of the writers, Waylon Holyfield, and Richard Lee wrote that. Waylon Holyfield just got uh, a Lifetime Achievement Award from the state of Arkansas from all the kids that he had written. And uh, I asked Richard Lee, my good buddy who I was writing with, I asked him, he and I wrote a song called Somewhere My Broken Heart together. And I, I, I was on the first album too. And it was a toss up between, you know, what do we release first? You know, what's going to be your very first single? A label asked me and, and, uh, and I asked Richard, I said, what, what do you think? He goes, man, I would come with the most powerful message you got, you know, and that way if it, if it fails, you know, you tried to say something, you put your best foot forward. And, and so I chose only here for a little while, which had that wonderful chorus going to hold who needs hold and men, what needs men and you know, pray, what needs pray and say what needs say. And we're only here for a little while. And that message, um, was just kind of out there doing okay. It wasn't doing great. It was kind of in the 50s of the Billboard charts, maybe 50s, 60s, somewhere in there. And then Desert Storm hit. We, we went into that first Gulf War where we were all up not, uh, all night probably watching the news, oh, yeah. watching all the bombs go off and everything. And man, only here for a little while, that message started resonating with people. And then Aaron Tippett had, you got to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. And, you know, which was a good hook and, and people started gravitating to that. And those two songs just started going up the charts together. Aaron and I both laughed about that today. We go, man, can you believe it took a war to get our career started, man? <laughs> I hate that, you know, uh, but it was just, we just happened to say the right thing at the right time. Yeah. God knew what he wanted out there at the right time. So Something to comfort people. Well, let's go ahead and listen to that song. That was only here for a little while. If you've just tuned in, I'm your host, Alan Tiger, and my guest today is a Grammy, a CMA, and an ACM 
award-winning country singer, Billy Dean. Billy, tell the listeners about these awards. You know, what's it like winning an ACM or a CMA or a Grammy? Man, I mean, it, it is a career changer. You know, uh, they're all extremely, extremely hard to even get nominated and, uh, and to, you know, much less to, to win. It's just a, it's a very uh, competitive uh, area. And, you know, I was lucky enough to put, like, you know, a string of hits together. Um, only here for a little while. Then somewhere my broken heart followed only here for a little while. And when it came out, all the songwriters in Nashville kind of voted it their song of the year, which really made me feel 10 feet tall, you know. And uh, the next thing I know, you know, it, it just gives a stamp of approval from the from the critics and my music peers now some people didn't think it was very country you know they, they and, and it ended up crossing over the song did cross over into the top 10 uh, adult contemporary charts and it caught the attention of, of maris which is the grammy uh panel they they nominated it for the song of the year i, I think i went up against Paul Simon's Graceland. I think that's what I lost. Wow. I think I lost to Graceland. I'm going to Graceland. Graceland. <laughs> and, um, but uh, just getting nominated there, that, that was like in the January, February, I forget about when the Grammys are. It was like the first of the year. Man, the next thing you know, uh, you know, the Academy of Country Music nominates it for the song of the year and we get nominated for the top new male vocalist of the year. And uh, and we won, and I couldn't believe it. That that was held in the uh, in like the spring, uh, at the beginning of summer of the year. So we went the Grammys, then the ACMs, and then the CMAs. It's usually in uh, late October, November. And uh, I got nominated for a couple of things in the CMA, but we didn't win for that uh, for that song. We ended up on the CMAs. We won uh, because I was part of the Eagles. Uh, album, the Common Thread album, and that album uh, won won me a, a producer of the year and a, and a uh, uh, album of the year award for being a part of that. And it does everything. Everything changes, you know. Uh, stores start calling the record labels, wanting back when we had stores and we actually sold right. CDs yeah. in stores. You know, when it was a product that sat on a shelf. You know, uh, after those appearances on TV, man the albums start flying, you know, out of Nashville. They're getting on the trucks and into the stores, man. That's they they beef up those those uh those music stores back then, uh, when you were on one of the award shows. They knew there was gonna be a run of your music, you know. And um, and the next thing you know, you're in higher demand, your booking agents are booking you for more money and um, and those TV shows, there's nothing like it. And of course, those awards are something I'm really proud of to have hanging on the wall. Well, I got to tell you, thanks for being a part of that that Eagles tribute. You and Travis Tritt and Vince Gill and everybody. I mean, I think half the country's probably an Eagles fan. And I, I, I personally, I think that's part of what got them back to, you know, at least in good terms and back out on the road and making music again and. And, and America loves that band. I tell you, there's no question about it. Uh, Don Felder, uh, guitar player, you know, he's, he's no longer with the Eagles, but you know, he, he wrote part of Cal Hotel California. 
he and I got inducted into the Florida Music Hall of Fame together, and we showed up for the ceremony together, and I got to visit with him a little bit about that Common Thread album, and he completely credits Travis Tritt, you know, for pulling all these guys together. He just, Travis was doing a song uh, and asked the guys if they would be in the video with him, and so uh, it just kind of uh, got him in this video, Travis singing, I think, Take It Easy with him, and next thing you know, man, we got us the Hell Freezes Over tour by the Eagles, you know, and they were uh, having a second run, and I, I think the Common Thread album, the tribute to them, you know, because they, the Eagles were, their rock music, their early rock music is, to me, what, what the 90s country music sounded like, you know, we, we were all influenced by you know, a lot of different music, like I was saying before, you know, everything's traditional country, but really those, like the Eagles singer-songwriters, I call it kind of folky rock, you know, acoustic rock, uh, that kind of music was what uh, we all came to Nashville with those influences, and uh, it was a little, a little different style of song, and um, and a little bit reluctant at first to let us in there in Nashville, but then it opened up and uh, a whole new generation was, was listening to country music that loved that type of rock music. I feel like there was no place for them to listen, you know, no place for them to go, uh, those listeners, and they turned to country music. I told my girlfriend the exact same thing last night. And she goes, I don't know. I said, well, you weren't a country music fan like I was. You weren't. I, I think I agree with you 100%. 100%. Well, Bill, yep. it, when you're not playing music and you're not singing, what are your hobbies? Well, I love living down here in my home state of Florida. I just moved back about three years ago, and um, I am an old sea salt, you know, old uh, Florida Gulf Coast uh I just this is just in my blood. As I said before, I was probably been in the water with some masks and flippers, and you know when I was a teenager. And I love kayaking. I love fishing. You know, kayak fishing. I like uh, when I'm home. Honest to God, I uh, we we try to live. Uh, we're not like serious, but we we try to live off the land, kind of a thing. You know, I'll come home and, and we'll. Well, first, uh, my wife and I will go set out a couple of crab traps, and then we'll go get our fishing gear, and we'll look at the conditions, and then we try to we try to bring in some crab and some fish, and then we like to come home and turn on YouTube and find some different ways to prepare it. Uh, it's just kind of that fun, kind of a fun thing of just living off the you know land and cooking together and and. Uh, and drinking together, having a little wine, and and uh, and enjoying you know the, the the beautiful resources we have around us. You know, in Florida, it's a it's a it's a you know just the food. I mean, we 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 eat fresh, you know, fresh, fresh, fresh seafood just about every day. And it's uh, either whether we get it at the market, this little market that comes in and has all this fresh tuna and fresh grouper and snapper, and we just. You know, so I, my hobby is is, is is kind of taking that food off the land and preparing it and uh, gathering it. It's just kind of a it keeps us moving and exercising and putting the kayaks in and paddling the kayaks. It's kind of my exercise and my and my you know my getaway and my hobby. 
Okay, you're talking the kayaks. Are you one of these serious ones where you've got the pedal ones or well, yep. the kayaks? We got the ki- we got the pedal ones. Yep, we sure do. We we uh, you know they're the best, man. I, I this is what I love about kayaks. We we uh, we fish mostly in the bay, and when you're in a kayak, you know you're not you don't scare off like bait fish and things like that. So dolphin come right up by the boat man it's it's for we'll be right out there and then dolphin you know it just we, we watch these dolphin and how these little uh you know just how they tease these dolphins this little bait fish and stuff and how athletic they are so we'll sit out there in the kayak and just watch watch the show you know just watch them feed it's 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 pretty amazing it's very calm and nice and i just i remember being 17 years old and I would actually was playing in a bar when I was uh, 17, just about turning 18. And, and I, after I got done playing in the bar, it would be about 2 a.m., I would drive about an hour and a half down to the coast and down to St. George Island, where I live now, and watch the sun come up and uh, kind of sleep out there on the sand. And I remember sitting up specifically thinking to myself, man, I wonder if I could ever make enough money playing music that I could just like buy a camper or a trailer or something to live down here. And it was just always, I realized my end game wasn't so much to be a country music star, but it was, I want to be a country music star so I can live on St. George Island. <laughs> that was the ultimate goal. That's a, that's a great dream, and I, and I love it when people's dreams come true. Uh, I'm going to end it with here with one more question. Is there, a, is there a charity that you like to donate your time or talent to? I love St. Jude uh, Children's Hospital. Um, I do a lot of stuff for St. Jude, and, uh, you know, people and parents don't have to pay for uh, the treatment of those kids uh, when they, if they can't afford it. And so um, I'm, a, I'm a big believer, big fun uh, believer in uh, St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. We appreciate that. Billy, thanks for being my guest on Sights and Sounds. Uh, make sure the listeners know you're going to be in Indianapolis June 25th at the Marion County Fairgrounds. I believe you're going to be playing you and Neil McCoy on the on the same bill that night. Oh, that'd be great. That will be great because I love Neil. He's one of my buddies. Well, that's good. I, I'm ready for the show. Tell the listeners how they can follow you, where they can find you on social media, your website, where can they purchase your merchandise, etc. Yeah, uh, so simple, just billydean.com. I would love for you guys to tune in to, uh, on Wednesday nights. Uh, every Wednesday at 6 p.m., I do a happy hour show when I'm not traveling, but it's usually every Wednesday. Every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern. <laughs> I always get that mixed up. Eastern says, uh, I do a happy hour show for about an hour on Wednesday nights on Facebook. And so if you go to uh, Facebook, you just type Billy Dean, you'll find me on Facebook. And uh, of course, if you just go to BillyDean.com, all my social media links are right there. My, uh, I just started a TikTok. I just put my first TikTok. I can't believe I'm having to do it. My nephew talked me into that. And I, so I did a TikTok. I think it's Billy Dean Music. So I'm, you know, I'm trying to stay current on all that stuff, and I hope everybody will come out and see us on uh, on the 25th, man. It'll be a lot of fun. I'm going to be playing with a cool little band. Neil McCoy's a great entertainer. He's my good buddy. 
and uh, BillyDean.com is where you can find all our new uh, new music, new merchandise, and where I'm going to be touring. Uh, I think I just found me something to do on 6 p.m. on Wednesday evenings. Uh, there you go. I'd love for you to tune in. Well, Billy, we really appreciate you being a guest. Thanks for taking your time and doing this, and I, I know that you got plenty to do, and we just really appreciate it. Well, Alan, man, I am so uh, appreciative of you being patient, connected with me on uh, the, in between the fishing trips, man. I, we finally got to connect. Thank you, pal. This is Alan Kiger, and I hope you've enjoyed the interview on Sights and Sounds. The music that frames this podcast is the original music of Paul Myrie.